48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kem. The headlines. Dozens of SAR citizens have reportedly sought asylum in Canada. The Lands Department is investigating the home of an assistant police commissioner and medical experts here say the government can relax restrictions on social gatherings. Canada's Globe and Mail newspaper says dozens of Hong Kong citizens are seeking asylum in Canada. Mike Weeks reports. The paper said many of the asylum seekers had taken part in the recent anti-government protests and had cited police harassment and brutality along with the fear of unjust prosecution as the basis for their claims. Quoting an unnamed source, the Globe and Mail said 46 Hong Kong citizens had filed claims between the beginning of last year and this March. It said the claims, which are still pending, had been made across the country. If approved, Canada would not be the first Western country to to grant asylum to Hong Kong citizens. In 2018, Germany granted refugee status to two activists facing rioting charges linked to the 2016 Lunar New Year clashes in Mong Kok. The Lands Department is investigating the home of an assistant police commissioner to see whether there's been a breach of property rules. Here's Priscilla Ng. Ten Lands Department officials went to the Clearwater Bay home of Rupert Dover to investigate whether he and his wife breached licensing rules for the property, which sits on government land. Mr. Dover was seen opening the door and allowing them in to take photographs and measurements. He confirmed last week that the property in Pikshui Sanshun is a licensed house, which means only the original licensee and their family are allowed to live there. He claimed the licensee was a relative of his wife. Mr. Dover is also under investigation for allegedly operating a guest house in the village without a proper license. Medical experts say the government can relax restrictions on social gatherings now that the coronavirus outbreak is easing. Jimmy Choi reports. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Pak Lan says the government can cancel its ban on public gatherings of more than four people if there is no local coronavirus infections for 28 consecutive days. It's been two weeks since Hong Kong last reported a local case. He told an RTHK program that meanwhile, gatherings of up to eight people could be allowed. He says the government should continue to stem the virus at the borders, carry out tests on suspected cases and ask everyone to wear masks. A respiratory disease expert, David Ho from the Chinese University, also says cinemas and beauty salons could reopen, but moviegoers should wear masks and not eat inside the cinema, while beauticians should wear masks and goggles. He said bars and karaoke parlors were high-risk venues and should reopen last. Legal President Andrew Leung says the incumbent House Committee Chairwoman Starry Lee has the responsibility and authority to resolve the six-month stalemate of electing a chairman. The running of LegCo has almost ground to a halt because the House Committee, which scrutinises bills, has failed to elect a chairman due to filibustering by pro-democracy lawmakers since last October. Mr Leung accused the Civic Party's Dennis Kwok, who presides over the over committee meetings, of allowing matters unrelated to the election to be discussed. But Mr Leung stopped short of saying that it was time for the DEB lawmaker to take action. Both the Secretary and outside Senior Council are of the view that in the present situation, the incumbent House Com Chairman, the, the Honourable Starry Lee, has the responsibility and authority to deal with the problems caused by the inordinate delay in the election of the Chairman, and make sure that there is no undue disruption to the work of House Com and its normal or proper functioning. 
Majority of government employees have returned to their offices today, with many saying the resumption of normal working arrangements should help clear the backlog of work. Some civil servants welcomed the easing of restrictions following a slowdown in the spread of the virus, saying it was time the government started providing normal services. Others expressed concern, saying their departments hadn't provided staff with face masks. Catering sector lawmaker Tommy Cheung has called on the government to lift most social distancing restrictions for restaurants when the current rules expire this Thursday. Liberal Party chairman says restaurants should no longer be required to space their tables 1.5 metres apart and seat four people at most at each table, with the coronavirus outbreak easing in Hong Kong. Government is said to be considering allowing up to eight people seating at being sat at each table. But Mr Cheung says it is not good enough. As long as we maintain that we all wear masks, face masks, if we uh, measure all the temperatures and also with the uh, alcohol rinse, Uh, and the fact that the restaurateurs will do other uh, sanitation procedures. That would be sufficient to balance the looking at how we fight the virus and balancing the act. I think seating less than four or more than four or seating a table of 12 and you have a big table, that is not actually the relevance now. The party also urged the government to allow industries like karaoke and beauty parlours to resume business. President Trump has attacked China for failing to halt the spread of the coronavirus. In a televised town hall meeting intended to relaunch his presidential campaign, Mr Trump said China failed to cooperate with international requests to help with the disease while the disease was spreading through the city of Wuhan. Here's the BBC's John Sopel. There's been a marked deterioration in relations between the two economic superpowers, with the US increasingly accusatory, suggesting the outbreak didn't come from a wet market in Wuhan, but from a laboratory in the city. Last night, Donald Trump said he thought the Chinese had made a horrible mistake that they didn't want to admit. He accused Beijing of a botched cover-up. They tried to put out the fire, but they couldn't, he claimed. The president also said that at the right time, his administration would present evidence on China's involvement in the spread of the virus. Neither World Health Organization officials nor American scientists have been given access to the laboratory. In the town hall meeting on the Fox News channel, President Trump also said he was confident there will be a vaccine for coronavirus by the end of the year. We have to get a vaccine. Whoever gets it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be their best fan in it. I want it. I need the vaccine. We need this country needs the vaccine, and you're gonna have it by the end of the year. Health officials have said they believe it will be at least 12 to 18 months before one can be developed. The British government says it may decide to lift lockdown measures in a phased and localised way so the impact can be monitored. Cabinet Minister Michael Gove said it was possible restrictions might need to be reintroduced in some areas to counter any flare-up of the virus. Here's the BBC's David Shookman. The latest estimate of the infection rate, the so-called R number, is 0.7. What matters is that it's below the threshold of one, where one person infected only passes the virus to one other. Now, reopening schools might add something like 0.2, so we could still stay below the critical line. But lifting the lockdown entirely could add two to the R number, which would see the outbreak accelerate once more. So scientists are warning that there isn't much opportunity to relax any of the measures. Italy has registered the lowest daily number of coronavirus-related deaths since just after its lockdown started two months ago. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. 174 more people with COVID-19 have died in Italy. It's the lowest figure since March the 10th. It gives hope 
although there's a caveat. Registration of deaths at weekends is sometimes delayed, distorting tallies. Italians will, from Monday, finally be allowed out of their homes for exercise, including in parks. They'll also be able to visit relatives, but not friends, within their region. But the government is acutely aware of the risks of a second outbreak. And for now, schools, cinemas, museums and most shops will remain closed. Japan's government is preparing to extend its nationwide state of emergency to the end of May as it braces for a lengthy battle against the coronavirus pandemic. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe declared an initial month-long state of emergency for Tokyo and six other regions on April the 7th, later expanding it to cover the entire country. It is to expire on Wednesday, but Mr Abe is expected to announce an extension to May the 31st after a panel advising the government to approve the plan. The exchange fund has posted a loss of $86.1 billion for the first quarter, reversing gains from the previous three-month period. This also marked a drastic plunge from the $133 billion gain made in the first quarter last year. The fund, which is used to maintain the stability of the local currency, saw a loss of more than $100 billion from equities, investments in the, equity investments in the period. Investments in foreign exchange lost $29 billion. Bond investment was the only category that wrapped up the quarter in the green with a $54 billion increase. Meanwhile, the chief executive of the Monetary Authority has said the exchange fund will continue to face many uncertainties this year. Edu said the fund had still made some $30 billion in gains in April, but he cautioned about risks from the Sino-US tensions. If there should be an escalation of the conflict, of course that will add to the pressure of the financial market in addition to the pressure that's imposed on it from the pandemic. So we do hope that the two sides will be able to reach some form of agreement without escalation. As for the outlook for the exchange fund, it's highly uncertain in the next few quarters. It depends a lot on how the pandemic develops, whether and when we can see a better control on the spread of the pandemic. And then it also depends on how quickly different economies can recover. Most regional markets have dropped, led by a slump in Hong Kong, as the spat between China and the United States over the origin of the coronavirus soured trading sentiment. The Hang Seng Index slumped almost 1,000 points this morning. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,676. That's 964 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $63 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.72 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 9 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 64 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Cheung. Backyard pole vaulting is making headlines as three of the sport's best went head-to-head in a virtual contest from their own gardens. It's an example of how sports continue to find new ways of taking place despite the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Sweden's world record holder Mondo Duplantis and the French former Olympic champion Renaud Lavillenie split the gold medal after both cleared 5 meters 36 times in half an hour, while the third competitor, the American former world champion Sam Kendricks, did it 26 times. The ultimate garden clash was live-streamed by World Athletics on its social media channel. For the 20-year-old Duplantis, pole vaulting in his backyard is nothing new. Yeah, I had a, a fairly unique childhood. I had the entire setup, uh, the entire pole vault setup in my backyard. I had the track, had the, the, the mat, had all the poles accessible to me that I wanted to at a, a very young age. And, you know, to me, it was very normal. On to football now, a growing number of English Premier League clubs are open to playing the remaining fixtures at neutral venues, but only without the threat of relegation. There hasn't been a match played since the 13th of March because of COVID-19. More from the BBC's Tom Gale. Friday's Premier League meeting saw all clubs told using up to 10 neutral stadiums would be the only way to complete the season. Brighton were quick to object to this with their chief executive Paul Barber saying they are not in favour of the format because it may affect the integrity of the competition. In contrast though, Crystal Palace chairman Steve Parrish says football should at least contemplate whether or not this proposal is possible in order for the action to resume. While BBC Sport understands a growing number of top flight clubs are open to impartial venues but only if the threat of relegation is scrapped. Despite no definitive return date, all clubs in the Premier League are committed to playing the remaining 92 games if and when it's safe to do so. The Southampton manager Ralph Hasenhurdle says the crisis has enabled his coaching staff to conduct a more detailed analysis of their performance as they prepare for a return to action. You can make the, the right decisions, hopefully, for the last nine games. And that can make a big difference if you are maybe top 10 team or, or falling back in relegation battles. So this is what uh, a chance, an opportunity you, you have got. The Netherlands coach Ronald Koeman underwent a successful heart procedure at a hospital in Amsterdam on Sunday after feeling pain in his chest. The 57-year-old, who has also managed Premier League clubs Southampton and Everton, is said to have complained about chest pain after a bike ride. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, it remains unclear as to when the Dutch team will play again. The European Championship that was due to start on the 12th of June has already been postponed. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Dozens of SAR citizens have reportedly sought asylum in Canada. The Lands Department is investigating the home of an assistant police commissioner. And medical experts here say the government can relax restrictions on social gatherings. And that's the news from RTHK.
handed, but I can't really stand them. Girls love cars, cars cause harm to the planet. Don't you wanna take a joy ride on my tandem? Huffy on a huffy, don't I look so handsome? Bikes suffice, they so nice, like priceless. Working on my calves, with triceps and biceps, fight past the gas, stop the traffic lights. I get around, round without a driver's license. Hello, you walk in, farewell. Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Monday the 4th of May is today's date. I hope you all had a lovely long weekend. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew also. We do have a busy show for you. Just after half past one, we'll be chatting with Dana Winograd from Plastic Free Seas about the problem of plastic marine pollution. Um, that's related to the coronavirus and, of course, an update with her. That's in about 10 minutes or so. And after 2 o'clock, Nathan Solia will be joining us to talk about exercises to relieve neck and shoulder pain. Thought that might be timely, as many of us uh, are returning full-time uh, to the office, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of tight necks and shoulders having uh, sitting at the desk. Uh, well, actually, people doing Zoom meetings at home are sitting at their desks also. So we'll find out exercises and stretches to relieve those tired and tight neck muscles. And finally, after 2.30, on Trash Talk today, Marcy Trent Long will be talking to Ming Chan from the Hong Kong Community 